ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, I'm joined by my good friend Peter and my other good friend Coleman. We were also hoping to have uh, Dalton on this evening, being such an aficionado about Star Wars. Um, However, he's been a little under the weather and had to help his mom out with some stuff today, so he wasn't able to make it. So, this evening we are talking about Star Wars versus Star Trek. However, I would like to get out there right off the hop that it's like comparing apples to oranges. I think we can all agree on that yep. one. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. You guys got to work on your mic stuff. See, Coleman, I find uh, if you both face the same direction, then the mic has to rotate less and it's easier to swing it. There we are. There we are. Okay. How's that? Try it again. Testing. There we go. That's good. Okay. I got a delay, but that might just be because I've been up since God knows when. Alrighty. So, um, a lot of people think that Star Wars and Star Trek um, have a very split down the line fan base. I would have to beg to differ. I know more people that are willing to watch both. Oh, I'll watch both. Some will. Some will watch more one over the other but for the most part a lot of us nerdy guys we like them both so coleman has no he knows a lot of star trek and peter knows a lot of star trek i know a lot of star trek um so we're going to kind of pit off you know different things about each universe and see if we can figure out i don't know hypothetically which one's better yeah sounds good you know Okay, so, um, ships? Who's got the better ships? Um, I'm actually going to give this one to Star Wars. One of the most important things that if, and especially if you saw, like I did, Star Wars in the theater when it was originally released, A New Hope. Um, the key thing about The New Hope and that version, that first movie of Star Wars, is it gave us a whole new concept of perspective. And the view of the Imperial Star Cruiser, we see this big, huge ship, and then we see this Imperial Star Cruiser right at the opening come over and just belittle this, what we thought was a huge ship, and gave us such an element of, of scale. <coughs> and that has, I've never seen a more impressive element so you're saying saying because of the sheer scaling very uh, much uh, they the had so many sizes ship. that that yeah. star wars would win that one yeah yeah i i think the thing is star wars has much the, the size are just it's a lot bigger like we're talking about a scale that's just it dwarfs everything else that's in in star war in star trek in star trek yeah. yeah i think star trek is more comes from a design point of view as opposed to more of this big square or this big triangle through space, all yeah. it needs to do is just get through space and be able to blast a planet where Star Trek was more about doing voyages. And, and if you look at some of their ship designs, like the Federation stuff, if you really look at it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a really well, weird no. design from a spaceship 
point of view. Yeah. Right? First of all, most of them would fall apart at the neck. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not one that, and you, why would you want to put your bridge right at the top of the ship? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're going to aim for that. Boom. Okay. You're gone. Yeah. <laughs> so we just took out the command center. Yeah. There you go. Okay. But so. in truth, in, in truth, I'm going to, and I'm going to jump the other side to Star Star Trek. I mean, yeah, Star Trek. Because you didn't mention the board. Of all the ships in both series, the best designed, most functional, pure ship are the Borg ships. You think it's the Borg ships? They don't need to have fancy things. You're they don't space. need to look good. They just need to function. They just yeah. need to function in a square and a circle actually work really, really well. Uh, Geometry-wise, you can yeah. fit the most in both without yeah. co- causing too much trouble, right? And I think Star, Star, Star Trek, it's more about showing off the technology of the Federation. So you want it to make it look good. And so it's impressive when us, you know, something like the Enterprise enter, enters the, a system and they see this ship and how it glows and, and the way it's shaped. It's not an aggressive shape at all. Federation starship, starships aren't, aren't aggressively shaped. There's no straight lines. There's no angles. Yeah. It's very, like, very organic looking. Yeah. Well, until you get to Discovery, you get those sharp triangles oh, and yeah, shit. Yeah, the Discovery ship, yeah. Yeah. And, the, the, and I then d- the new universe, I guess, yeah, the yeah. 26th century or whatever, yeah. Alrighty, so I think discovery? we're... Oh, I can tell you. Yeah. That one, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I'm screwed up. Yeah, all, right? okay. So, so the Nerd Council is in agreement that Star Wars wins on ships? Yeah. yeah. Also, I want to keep on ships for just a second to mention a couple of our favorites. Why not, right? Um, when I first saw the Naboo Starfire and the Naboo Royal Cruiser, the Chrome one, both of those, I'm like, oh, those are awesome looking, like, I thought they kind of looked like hot rods from when my dad was a kid. Remember they'd have those, those fifties cars with the suits. It looked like, looked like something out of, uh, any forties B sci-fi movie. But then when they even got to like some of the hover cars, some of those were pretty cool too. But but when you look at it, especially the Naboo ones, and I have to agree with Coleman here, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw the Naboo ones is the, and this is what tomorrow will look like videos from <laughs> yeah. the 60s. The world of tomorrow. The world of tomorrow. You got yeah. it. All right. Um, but. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, ships. Ships myself. Um, and I know you're going to agree on, on this one. The Millennium Falcon just really has a sweet spot. And we lost it uh, all the way until the latest version where we've seen it again, right? And just as a note, probably in my opinion, in any Star Trek or uh, Star Wars, the, um, the Falcon taking off from planet into space and just losing its drape beautiful yeah beautiful just a beautiful cinematic <laughs> um I, I personally think um actually star wars ships i wouldn't want to be on any of them <laughs> no no I, I you know i feel like i would just be in a tin can in space and i like the idea of with they're not relationships having you know, yeah i could go out and see some trees uh, like, like hollow decks and Star yeah, I don't Wars. Think I want to spend space. To spend my life in space. I'll Star Wars ships are not very civilized. No, they're just a bunch of hallways with a bunch of yeah, and it's very cold. They're functional though, yeah, and functional, when you're dealing in space, you should be a bit more functional over luxurious. Well, 
Uh, unless you play Star Wars Galaxy and you meet a guy who pulls up with a space yacht. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they have them. Oh my sure god, the it was... The Emperor would have his own private space. It know? made my little TIE Interceptor look like garbage. Yeah. Just like garbage. Actually, I think I could have docked on it. Yeah. That's how big this thing was, right? But like I said, it was Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but if it was favorite ships to me, it's... Some people don't know that the design of the Millennium Falcon is a hamburger that has a bite taken out of it, and there's a pickle beside it. Oh, really? And that's where they got the concept design for the Millennium Falcon. Oh, I had no idea. There's another one that's got a similar uh, creation. Um, when the guy, I don't know the names because I didn't do any research, I'm just nerding out. Um was coming up with the concept for the Slave One, which I heard they're going to change the name of. We'll get to uh, them changing stuff later on yeah. once we finish the yes or no's. Um, but when he was on his way in, a car had hit a lamp post and knocked down the bulb that was on the top. And he picked that up and brought it into his office. And that's why the Slave One has that curve where the whole thing just lays flat on the ground and when it takes oh, up, yeah. it tips upward yeah. and stuff like that. It's because it's a, a street lamp. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's what the Slave One was originally, was a street lamp. Yeah, well, I don't think anything in Star, Star, Star Trek also was really thought out when they designed them. Not like from a scientific point of view or anything. I mean, they were just, you know, ooh, let's put a saucer on top and... Well, I think the saucer thing was trying to play into the UFO yeah. flying saucer thing, yeah. right? It's like, okay, well, we saw this technology, so we started to copy yeah. things like this technology yeah. in Star Trek, right? So that's why I think they started with that in the original series, because everybody knows Kirk came first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't... Like I said, we'll get to the changes later, and I'm not <laughs> happy about I, it. I'm, I'm certainly going to argue from... And this is like pro-Star Trek... Certainly, and even even Star Wars, for that matter, equally uh, the fans, the really like like I'm a nerd, but like the true nerds, right? Um, uh, they had a rough idea of what you know a warp drive was and how it would look and stuff like yeah. that, right? You know, and and it was interesting from Star Wars and Star Trek over the fact that different races had different technologies that they were using, and they kind of kept that in line to the most part. Yeah. But I think a lot of the actual scientific theory about them is stuff that was created by the fans after the fact, but not necessarily there at the beginning. No, I think I, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think a lot of these people who are doing the writing really didn't have any science background at all anyway. They're just trying to make a good story, right? So One thing that I appreciate about the Star Trek ships over the Star Wars ships is that Say Han Solo's hyperdrive goes out, he goes in the back, lifts up a hatch, starts tinkering with God knows what underneath yeah. there, right? But in Star Trek, that takes a huge room of engineering yeah. when your hyperdrive goes out. You have to go down to that room and fix the, the full thing, right? So in that respect, I find it more realistic because it'll operate more like a an actual ship. Instead of it being yeah, well, like your car's alternator broken, you gotta swap it it's out. It's not something that's ever been shown in Star Trek. Like Star Trek, Star Wars doesn't. It, it's considered Star Star Trek is a little bit more hard science fiction compared to Star Wars. Star Wars is more fantasy based. 
he didn't really go into specifics about actually how they traveled through space. Most of it's come afterwards through other people. Yeah, when we started to say, well, we want to know how the warp theory yeah, works. And then exactly. they're like, okay, well, we got to make it work now. Where so. with Gene Roddenberry, he tried to figure it out, well, how would this thing work? So he yeah. came up with, I mean, dilithium crystals is something that's just totally made up. It's like unobtainium. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> but you're not kidding because I'm mining the stuff in that Star Trek game and it is unobtainium. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's not real, but he, but warp theory is actually, you know, there is theory of warp, warp drive. And yeah. we know that we think we can do it. So you may hear more coughing in this episode because it's the first time we're back outside recording, which feels so good but that's that's one of those interesting points right that like warp theory is now an ongoing thing blah 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 but it's an interesting because both of them and and i think that's one of these importance that we have to look at when we both look at star wars and star trek both of them have had such an influence on the future um very fact to the shuttles being named enterprise which was an actual campaign by star trek fans to actually get the first one named enterprise um, and to, so it's, the history is now going to be there. Our, you know, it's going to continue along that line. It's where cell phones came It's where from. the CD came from. So where the CD, like you see, and there's a whole lot of this. And even being the fact in our popular language, beam me up, Scotty, right? You know, that's direct, right? Or, um, the <clears throat> Dragonfire, the movie where they actually are in a post Holocaust world. They're pantomiming an act, uh, a movie for the kids. And the movie <laughs> is Star Wars, right? You know, so it's yeah. like, it's so reached into the culture. And yeah. part of that, and, and I'm going to give Star Wars uh, the bigger hand here. Wow. Both of them took a lot of time in merchandising. Oh, yeah. And without a doubt, Star Wars wins. Hand oh, totally. Toys wise wins <clears throat> everything. Yeah. 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 Star Wars is definitely cool. Yeah. George Lucas learned how to make money. <laughs> so I also think that's the biggest thing with Star Wars and Star Trek is you get people's imaginations going. And that's a great thing with science fiction is it does make people think about things and people write in. They've created this, you know, how many, t even Star Wars allows people to create their own stories as long as they. I mean, maybe as much, but they try to keep canon as much as possible. But they bring in new ideas, right? I think that's really cool. Just getting other people, getting ideas going. The next thing we had on the list was uh, aliens. Footnote, footnote to everyone out there. We don't have a list. Matt has a list. I have a list. <laughs> you can't have a list. You're not old enough to have a list. There you go. Um, Thank God I'm still not old enough for something. So, best aliens. That's a hard one. I will give both credits, both of them credit uh, for trying to maintain the humanoid form. I know that it was a rule in Star Trek of Roddenberry's that uh, they had to have a face, a recognizable human face. Um, and I think that worked to a lot of their advantages. Not that all of the creatures in the Star Trek universe fit that description. Even in the original series, folks, in the uh, Medusa episode, the Medusa is a gas body. There's actually like three or four intelligent creatures that are gas gaseous in the original series. So, sorry, folks, there was no face on those guys. 
but they could emulate a face. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the but one. favorite, 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 favorite. Ooh, I gotta admit, I or, do. Or, or best. I, I, I Chewbacca. Yeah. Right? What is he again? He's a Wookiee. He's a Wookiee. Something about the Wookies. And <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> why, but um, maybe I just like teddy bears or something. But there's something about the Wookiee as a race that was always. Um, it's a non-aggressive aggressor, right? Which is kind of really unique, right? And well, then, of like course, a, it's a dog. Well, no, because those are the Ewoks. Because I can look at Duncan and you know, if I was to put, I could dress him up like an Ewok, and you would. No, I mean in, in temperament. Yeah, yeah. You know, Wookies are like dogs in temperament. They're your best friend until you cross that line, and then they'll tell you apart. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about the Wookie. But even maybe it's just the person, person. Uh, uh, but all the way through it, even even in Clone Wars. Um, the Wookiee race is showing us so much more. Um, from Chewbacca, very definitely. And there's this softness. There's highly cultured, highly intelligent, right? Uh, they seem to be almost empathic, right, towards all life, right? I think it's also important that... Definitely super caring. Yeah. Star Wars has species who have been just taken over even though they didn't have access to space flight we're never a spacefaring civilization until either the republic got involved or there doesn't seem to be this prime directive that star wars has of not getting involved star trek doesn't have of not getting involved with pre-warp civilization no they do what they want and yeah in star wars they don't give a crap you know we want the resources there we're just going to go and yeah we don't care if they're primitive people we'll just tell them we're gods and we're going to get our oil (laughs) so so when it comes to creatures, I find, like aliens and such, um, Star Wars has a more diverse uh, body type, yeah. uh, feature types, things like that. Like you got creatures like Watto from the shop who like, he never walks. He's always flying wherever yeah. he is and he hovers in place, right? And they almost look insect-like. Yeah, but then he's got a trunk. Yeah. And you're right. Star Wars does definitely have much more diversity of biology. Yeah, but yes. Well, I I mean, like like Star Wars would win because Star Trek was keeping to the face so much. You know, it wasn't letting you have as many. Like you would get you your diverse species, but they were usually like one-offs. Where in Star Wars, you see all the guys in the background, and they're all different. Well, you take well, they're all different, but um we still they they even in star wars they still all had a face jamba the hut had a face right what's his face in the shop that you just named right had a face it was a recognizable eyes nose mouth and almost i'm trying to think of a creature in star wars that didn't whereas Hmm. i can think of creatures in star 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 trek Trek, yeah yeah, Shellyak. Oh, yeah. Odo's race when they weren't in uh, body form, when they were just goo on the floor. I shall not kill. Um, uh, the Horvath. The Horvath. The Horda. The Horda. The Horda. 
Now, boom. Want my favorite creature from Star Trek? The Horda. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Horda. I actually got the model of Spock putting his hands and telepathically linking with the Horda. Well, Star Trek also had the Tribbles. There's no there's no face on a treble. No face on a treble. Just a big puff of fur. And they purr. Yeah. So humans would like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're they suckers. Just don't like Klingons. We're, we're, oh, I didn't know that. No, tribbles actually hate Klingons. They will scream and scream and scream. And so what? that was one of the jokes because one of them on Star Trek. Get closer to the mic. Oh, one of the episodes, they actually transferred tribbles over to the Klingon ship. I think Scotty did it. What'd you do with the tribbles? Oh, oh, well, you know, they're well, in a bit. None of them will agree really on who did it. No, Scotty's but. Scotty's the one who actually pressed the button. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, instead of putting him out into space, well, we just put him on the Klingon ship and they scream when they're around Klingons, so. But I think, I think again, because that gets further explained, um, they're, they scream when any predator, they can sense predator, they can sense aggression. And they can sense non-aggression, right? So they're a really good telltale of what's going on in a person's mind. It's the yeah. beauty of the tribble. But, and that's how they live. So they'll purr. And so to attract others of their kind towards non-predator type species. Yeah. And then feed off scraps. Yeah. Right? Whereas they'll scream to scatter the flock of tribbles against the predator. Yeah. Which is natural behavior, really. Yeah. I will give that. There's a lot more of that natural order yeah. in Star Star yeah. Wars Trek. So then... Uh, I think it's cool that Star Wars does that, too. They would show a lot of little critters running around <laughs> in the background. So the other difference between uh, aliens and creatures in the two of them is that in Star Trek, you'll have different species that have different abilities. Like Spock can do the neural link thing. Uh, Bajorans have the telepathy. <laughs> um, God only knows what the uh, Akampa do or whatever. Well, yeah, you know, we're, the we're don't know what they're capable. Yeah, they of don't either. know what they do either, yeah. right? Um, the Q are unlimited and omnipotent. omnipotent and all that kind of stuff. Whereas when you go over to Star Wars, there's one magic power and it's called the Force, and it doesn't matter what race you're in. Yeah, if you exactly. have enough things, you can do it, which is. Which, the way science goes, it would be more likely that different races of different physiologies will have different abilities rather oh, than yeah. everybody just sharing one mega, mega power. And if you yeah. had it, you had it. And if you didn't, you didn't. You know, I, it's harder to believe. The easiest way is just to look at humans versus Klingons. Humans are just built bigger, better, right? We know that they've got... Most of all of their major organs are, they've got two of them. Yeah, Klingons. Klingons are bigger. Right? You know, they've got two hearts, you know, a spare lung, right? Two kidneys, right? An extra kidney, all because they're worried about it. But, and their skin. Well, it was all because they, they died so much as a race. Like, they would breed, die, breed, die, breed, die, because they were always at war, always fighting something. Well, they also come from that they started, climate. Their planet is very harsh. Yeah. So they ended up developing these things. So if you get stabbed in the liver, instead of it being <laughs> fatal, your second liver just kicks in yeah. more. You yeah. know, so like through evolution, that would happen, right? And so, Vulcans were even stronger than humans. They were much stronger than humans, faster. So I think I might have to give this one a subclass. Okay, so I split it into two different 
categories. Diversity, and by that I mean like body types and shapes and stuff like that. And then um, things that actually make sense. So like common sense creatures well, that would make sense. sense. And, 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 uh, well, common, common sense if you're meaning like do people develop and have different abilities within their body type, then yeah. that would have to go to um, uh, Star Trek, for yeah. sure. And what was the other one? Diversity in body types. Diversity in body type. Um, I would say Star Wars. I would say Star Wars with the exception of non-corporeal beings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, you are still going to get, like like I said, your one-offs in Star Trek where uh, Species 8472, for example, a, a slightly different body type kind of thing. Still kind of humanoid, but kind of not. Which you don't get in Star Trek. Which you get in Star Wars, especially like in Clone Wars and later on, um, uh, Rebel Strike and such. The um, you get spiritual beings, yeah. right? Beings of the cosmos, and yeah. like, yeah. like there's the one planet in ah oh, fuck. What's what's the cartoon that follows Clone Wars? Rebel what? Probably anyway, Rebels. Could be Rebels, yes. Um, but in that one, they the, the planet. Yeah, the spirit of the planet, which is a neutral force, neutrally aligned to the force, expels both the Jedi and the Rebellion base, as well as the Imperial troops that are invading it back into space. And tells both of them, just yeah. get off my planet. <laughs> right? So, so, and you don't have that in Star Trek at all. Yeah. Yeah. Star, again, Star Trek had, has a tendency to lean towards more practical science as opposed to more spiritual that's in the star in star wars yeah star and wars is that's a very much it is a spiritual based story it's about good and evil oh yeah yeah Total epic. yeah and where star wars is much star trek is much more about exploration. so are we in agreement that for body type diversity it's it's star wars and for common sense wise it's star trek <laughs> yes so diversity was star wars common sense was star trek and ships was star wars i put that in the wrong spot do your own checklist properly dummy okay um up next we have cultures who has the best cultures i'm gonna argue that star wars has the best cultures in the fact that they are pretty much based on a known economy and they work in within that function. Um, and it's so widespread that it enhances in different ways. Now, having said that, right, I'm going to be clear that even from the original series of Star Trek, we were still seeing a, although everything's available because of the replicator, uh, you still had a class system and the class system was based upon wealth, um, even though so there was no wealth. Um uh, that really becomes apparent in the original episodes where they're going to the psych wards planets. Yeah, especially in... Oops, sorry. What was the question again? Uh, best cultures. Oh, best cultures. I find um, Star Wars has much more... It's homogenous when it comes to its cultures. It's very much... A whole bunch of things very, living very together. Very much like ourselves right now, other than the technology. Thinking the same way we are. It's very human-centric. Yeah. Even the other characters are human-centric. Yeah. 
Um, they follow the same ide ideology of warrior, battle, and pretty basically almost all of them come from that. There's a few that are more scientific based, but most cultures in Star Wars are, are battle based. Yeah. Where, Although it is a war. But it seems to be always within their own selves too, yeah. on each world, right? Battling for supremacy and then expanding outwards. Well, well, they're... So, like, for me, myself, I would have to say, like, culturally, uh, Star Trek. Yes, that's because, Hollywood, too. That's my argument, too. Because, Star Trek is... like, like he was saying, uh, you'll go to the Tatooine market. There's thousands of different species of creature, and they all live the exact same way. Yeah, exactly. Um, however, the key there is is that even when we're looking at the Star Trek universe and culture... Um, I get what you're saying about it being more diverse and all of that. But what I also get is that it's very human-centric in in a Renaissance man type of point of view, or a neoclassical, as opposed to the Brutal Barbarian, which might be more uh, applicable to Star Wars. So in both senses, I can't say one's better than the other, I'm having a problem because I think they're looking at different sides of our own culture anyways. Which yeah. brings us to the apples and the oranges. Yeah, exactly. So, since Coleman and I have both voted and you're on the fence, I think we have to give it to Star Trek, and that puts us at a dead, even deadlock. I'll put it out with a Star Trek question mark. <laughs> well, we can rule you out two against one. So there. I know where you both live. Just saying. I can run faster. Question, question. Now, now I didn't look this up before coming here, right? But we've got nine plus, what, three, three offshoot movies from in the Star Wars franchise, right? Uh, Star Trek. How many movies are there in Star Trek? I don't have that count. There's like 12. Yeah. Okay, so they win the movie thing from doing Star Wars and Star Trek. But here's a weird one for you. 1979. We haven't talked about it at all. We don't bring it up on the list. But, and we're talking sci-fis that affected our culture and such. Aliens. The Alien movie came out in 1979, two years after Star Wars. And has now, if you include the Predator versus series, as well as the Prometheus and On series, as well as not necessarily properly licensed films. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> I think they outweigh both. Mm, I think they're number. only up to like nine. But they're getting close. They gotta be getting close. There's, Yeah, but yeah. But it's an interesting thing that doesn't come in, but it's, it's another huge culture and another... Yeah way of looking at what could possibly our world that's where corpse take over yeah, yeah. and there is talk that and there time. is talk that <laughs> star trek is the same universe as the alien universe and blade runner you can take that thought and just is put, it no no just no, okay. put go put it in your car trunk or something no okay. no i don't want to talk about that one no <laughs> no of course, when you read all the who knows, but yeah. I mean, I am an alien fan. It's one of the first movies that actually scared the shit out of me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we're on to universe. 
I'm, I guess, seriously, I, I've got to give this one to Star Trek. And I know I'm supposed to be the Star Wars guy. But um, the Star Trek universe is what we see. Like, it's what we've mapped. It's this universe. It's this yeah. universe, yeah. right? So I got to give it to, and that's just it, right? That's the only reason. Not that the other universe isn't vast, right? They've got to do something with their names, like Mustafar. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so far away. We're going to call it Mustafar, right? <laughs> um, and there's a few of those. In I the never Star even Wars. thought of that. <laughs> you know, but just on that line, you know, the neat thing is we don't have to come up with these cool names for places that are far away, um, because the the our own scientists have already done that and that gives it more star trek more validity from a science fiction perspective i guess yeah i mean star star wars is totally different galaxy yeah it's a lot it's it's a galaxy that's far away not ours still a spiral galaxy but yeah and I think that we know more about it's Star Wars. Star Trek has more; they know more about the galaxy than Star Wars does. Star Wars has much of the galaxy still not explored. And my biggest thing with Star Wars is where most of the planets are located in the galaxy. If you look on the map, too close to the center of the galaxy need to be a little bit farther out too much radiation at the center plus you know we just confirmed now we our galaxy has a butthole a big black hole right so they would be too so i think where they're placing is is a little bit off so yeah, yeah. hence hence the words in a galaxy far far away yeah a long time ago, long, long time ago. that that's another thing too if you look at Star Wars and Star Trek, Star Wars takes place in a galaxy far, far away. It's also history. Star Wars, or Star Star Wars is in a galaxy far, far away. Star Trek, like you were saying, is in our galaxy, but it's not our galaxy, it's our universe. Star yeah. Wars takes place in one galaxy, which... That just means that Star Trek's warp systems alone have to be exponentially faster. Yes. Well, yes. There's actually a couple they think that the Star Trek ships would actually be faster. And it's Star Trek, Star Wars space travel is actually much more difficult. It's more dangerous. And because they have to go into a hyperspace. They use warps, yeah. The hyperspace. Fusion drive. Yeah. Fusion drive. And, yeah, so they we we can in Star Wars you, in Star Trek they can get across the galaxy much quicker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess universe would have to go to Star Trek because Star Wars only has a galaxy, but it's far, far yes. away, and a long, long time ago. However, some of the best openings for the movies and the fact that I love that script. I wait for that script. And I don't know, yeah, I'm sure you all have one guy like me, when you're watching it, he's going to read it out loud. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love that those openings for the Star, Star Wars. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, the last
last one before we tally it up, assuming it's not going to be a tie. If it's a tie, I'll have to come out with something else. Um, either that or we <laughs> leave it at a tie and the fight continues. Yeah. Uh, main characters. It's all right. I'll take out the thinking time. I'm giving it to Star Wars. And I know everyone, it's like draw dropping here, right? Because um, I'm going to be honest with, it, with everyone out there, right? As a kid, my hero is Mr. Spock, right? A lot of my life are the whole rules of logic and everything were brought right in to my core way of thinking because of Mr. Spock. I'm not going to deny it. So for me to go Star Wars, the thing is with Star Wars main characters, and I'm going to go into just one movie, and I watched it just the other night. And my favorite is still A New Hope. But my second favorite, and probably what I will call the best Star Wars movie, is Rogue One. And in a two-hour and a little bit time of framework. Keep going. In two-hour and a little bit time of framework, they give you a whole series of characters that you get a backstory for, you fall in love with. And... And you see their tragic death. It's a beautiful tragedy, right? And it ends the way it should end. But those characters are so developed that you hurt. You hurt when you see them die, right? Like it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's poignant. Poignant? That's the word, right? I am with the force. The force is with me. I am with the... Oh, man. Oh, I'm getting teary already, man. <laughs> I always do. Well, there he goes again. <laughs> yeah. Your turn. I, again, I got really attached to the characters in Star Trek. I get to, you know, you get to know who they are and over the time. And, and you're also spending, you were spending time with them weekly. Where in Star Wars, it was movies. You go see the movie, you get the, the whole exhilaration of what's happening in that moment. Well, now we got but, things like Mando and stuff, right? Yes. And even prior to that, Right. Um, I've mentioned it uh, a couple. Well, there's three think- of them. There's the Clone Wars, right? And you ask me my favorite Jedi, right? And Who's no, it's not Jedi? Yoda. It's not, you know, any, it's not Luke. It's not any of them. It's Ahsoka. Yeah, a lot of people love and Ahsoka. That's because of the Clone Wars and Rebels. Man, she's fantastic. I'd Ahsoka her panties. <laughs> yeah, you would. But. That's what I mean. So so we do have those in-depth characters. And the fact that a lot of these characters got repeated over multiple movies, we do yeah. get a history background for them. Um, and so, yeah, I really have... But but no, they in, in a two-hour frame, like I say, they developed these people to the point where I'm crying at oh, their yeah, death. I'm not saying... I think the stories are well-written. I think that you know they, they have great character development. Um, I just got more attached to the Star Wars characters as opposed to, and again, I'm much more of a pacifist, so I would have a tendency to listen to their voices more than I would somebody who's just talking about battle. I'd be like, okay, well, I don't know what to do, and I don't want to talk to you because you're just talking about violence. But, (laughs) you know, somebody who's going to go around talking about, you know, oh, look at this plant on this this planet. Never seen this before. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I'm more for Star Wars. And and when you're dealing, and a good person who's writing anything of an epic, um, epic's one of the things for that as a genre is the fact that they give you a chance to really develop an emotional attachment to a character 
and then drag it, right? Um, and that's because of the movement within the epic, which you're not getting in Star. So I don't think it's a question we can answer because I think they're, they've got both good things and bad things. So uh, that one's a tie. Well, okay, well, let me give my opinion and we'll discuss that. Because oh, wow. mine, <laughs> okay. mine's going to... I thought we were the game. <laughs> well, it is his podcast. Um. My, mine's going to lead into the next section. Well, it, it's going to have to be because I got some stuff to say. Okay. So, if you look at both of them uh, as a whole, right? Everything that's out now and... No one's seeing the hand gestures. No one's seeing any hand gestures. We haven't gone video yet. Right. Although it's an option now, so we got to think about that. Ooh, Ooh scary. Do I have a makeup guy? Uh, I don't know. If you get one, I get one. So with characters, if you look at the whole thing, including all the reboots and all the new stuff, right? Because that's usually where things get bad. Uh, <laughs> for example, Discovery got bad. Picard got bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when it came to the new stuff, the rebooted Star Trek movies were amazing. Does that mean I need that universe from here on in? No. So then we have Discovery. Discovery has zero white, straight men as good guys. There's the one captain who turns out to be a bad guy, and the other white character was a reformed Klingon. So from yeah, that... Yeah, he was actually, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I did research. That's, That's why I was mad. Yeah, Ash. Ash. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, I like that character. Um, so this is my problem. Yeah. He was also, yeah, he was, yeah. yeah right. Um, again, what you're saying is, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, there isn't, um, not as a main character at all in the show at all. That's what I'm saying. So, um, it's at, very, and it's been a thing in the States where they've really complained about the woke politics <laughs> in, in Discovery. Yeah. Um, well, so we have that problem, right? Um, obviously, right now we have this trend of woke culture, women, this, yeah. Black Lives Matter, that, all this kind of stuff. We try and keep the politics out of this, but it's happening to our movies. So, yeah. We have to go there. Anyway, um, so when it came to making the last three Star Wars movie with Rey, they didn't throw the feminism down my throat. Yes, they made her the most powerful Jedi ever without any training whatsoever, and that I don't like. They also gave her powers that never existed in the Jedi stuff before, like that uh, force teleport thing with the lightsaber she did. Yeah, no, oh, okay. sorry, that's not that's not cool with me. So, there's a couple little things there. Well, Star Trek... They Mary sued her. See, and that's my thing with Star Trek Discovery, is they've... It went more fantasy-based. They, they pushed the to, envelope too far. Yeah. With the feminism and, stuff. Well, to me, it was a lot of the over-emotional stuff. Um, I found Star Trek was always supposed to be about being professional. And yes, we grieve that our, our people are lost or whatever. I mean, I understand. Yeah, you've got a thousand years in the future or whatever. How far? How far? Is <laughs> but you just find it a very emotional show where they're constantly, oh, 
oh, I just, you know, like they're crying all the time. Oh, and another point that people have brought up is that in Discovery, they're constantly swearing. Whereas they're yeah, only 10 happened. to 15 yeah. years away from Kirk starting and, and swearing was not a thing and well, had been. And they didn't even know what swearing was. Remember yeah. When that's what I'm talking <laughs> so they, about. They were talking, what does that mean? You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And from like 50 years of not swearing yeah. and everybody stopping immediately. Yeah. You're not going to forget the no. words even. They're going to still be in all we've your literature and all that. We've been using kind of... fuck for 150 years. I think we've used fuck 10 times tonight. Yeah. But, but. Now again, I'm not going to talk Discovery because I don't follow it at all. I I just didn't take to the storyline from like episode one. Uh, I tried. I tried a few times. I'm um, just a sucker for sci-fi, so I'll watch anything if it's out in space. But going back to Matt and talking about the last three Star Trek, Star War movies, right? I think there is a problem with them. And the problem with that is that they're trying not to be epic anymore. They... They've muddied the water to the black and the white, and now it's a gray world, right? And an epic can't work in a gray world. It needs it needs the polarity of the white and the black. So from that perspective, I think that's one of the reasons why I think the last three movies um, of the actual series um, are, the, are the least or the roughest as far as the rest of the genre. Um, and it's because they've lost the epic status, right? Well, like, so... I personally think it's difficult for... I think it's difficult for men to actually write female roles. I think that it's difficult for a lot of men to think like a woman. Most of us have this problem here. <laughs> you know, we're all men. Um, and Discovery was completely done by women. It was done by a woman. And no women. The whole board. Yes, I know. Yes, the but whole Star board. Wars. The last three movies were written by men, right? They're trying to develop a character. They're also trying to bring females into the story, and, and from a perspective of marketing. Yeah, and they did that. That's the bottom line. It's, it's really about marketing. yeah marketing. They need to bring in fifty percent of the population into the fold of this story to make money. Yeah, and that and that's the answer to the why it's happening. Is that yeah. It's all about marketing. They don't know how to write a story from a female perspective or how a female would even think in a situation like that. And what we're seeing and what the girls are seeing are two totally different things. Because most women are looking at these characters going, is that a real character? Literally. If you talk to women about some of these female characters that are written in science fiction, you go, a woman would never do that. Yeah. Because it's still a focus from a male point of view. But I find that's the writer's problem, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Star Wars has been very male-dominated in its yeah. writing and its production. Where Star Trek, <laughs> if it wasn't for Magil Barrett, we wouldn't have Star Trek today. Yeah. Because all he cared about, Gene Romary, and I'm sorry to say this, everybody has this huge bill. All he wanted was the starlets coming in. He was a couch interview guy. That's all he cared about. If it wasn't for her standing up for that show and taking production. It was Lucille Ball. Well, Lucille Ball Company did. Yeah. But if it wasn't for Magical Barrett getting with, like, she knew Lucille Ball. Yeah. He didn't have much to do with Lucille Ball. So it was her that, yeah. Hmm. If it wasn't for her, she's the queen of Star Trek. If it wasn't for her, there would be no Star Trek today. Yeah. Even though Roddenberry wears the crown. 
he did create the show. The show. Yeah. He created the series. He yeah. was the creator. Yeah. It's his idea. Yes, absolutely. And she will admit that. She admitted that to him. It's his idea and it's his show. I do agree that in Star Trek's earlier days, they could have had more ladies on the bridge. Um, yeah, but I the timing of this, of this, the they, they thought Uhura, first of all, a black woman, yeah, was just unheard of. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's why the first episode, the cage, why they changed everything because the captain, the first officer, I was about to go there. was the female, and we brought yeah. that back in with Discovery. They brought it back, and it's in with. Um, Strange New Worlds with Captain Pike. His first officer is I can't remember her name, but uh, Una or Uno or something like that. It means but, number one. Yes, but she is number one, which they changed that with the, when they did the series for Star Trek. They removed her. They removed. They only cut the communication officer as the only fam, female in any department of the head head department. Hmm. Because they couldn't have done it. Just it's the way they thought, right? Yeah. See, the way they're doing the wokeness and the feminist stuff today is not the way you're supposed to do it. For example, Voyager. Yeah. That was a woman in power. And my favorite captain. <laughs> yeah, my favorite captain. I just I loved her. My favorite captain. And I think that's the thing is, is that, yeah. You don't have to shove it down our throats. Make us believe it on our own. Well, they're shoving it down our throats. Again, this is just getting political, but... Yeah, it's getting weird. Yeah, because yeah. there, there's a... You know, they want us divided. They want us, they divided. Want us in and, our own little group so we can... Yeah, and the, and the reality and the truth of it is is that they, it has nothing to do with our little group. It's to make no. sure that they can sell a product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that didn't help Star Wars with their action figure line from the last movies. When there's oh, several cool. thousand Rose Ticos filling up a landfill right now. Yeah. I don't know, really, because she's one of my favorite characters. Oh, well, you should have bought one because you Ooh. were able to pick it up for Rose. $3. Rose, um, Rose, is, Rose is just this weird character shows up in the third movie, right? Uh, second. Second. And it isn't in the third. Uh, she is briefly, I think. Oh, she is briefly? I thought she died. I it. can't remember. Anyway, but, and, and her her role is important, but she's a catalyst, right? And that's her primary role within the <laughs> epic. So when the guy is trying to sneak away who everyone has seen as the hero, right? You know, she catches him trying to sneak away and forces him to actually do good, right? So that's the catalyst part. She just keeps showing up all in the background like this all the time, right? Now, she is the sister of the woman who died heroically in the bombing raid at the very beginning of the first okay. one. Yeah. But but it just goes on. And it's these two guys, her and the other guy, every time he tries to chicken out, right, she shows up, right? <laughs> and she thinks, in a lot of the cases, that he's doing something heroic. And helps him to sneak in the back way or something, yeah. right? When he was trying to sneak out. Right? So what if we do this? We take the main characters and we split it. So <laughs> so any of the old stuff, we would classify it under one category. And all the new stuff, we would classify under the other. So any rebooted stuff. So for example, uh, for Star Trek, it would be the Calvin timeline forward. And for Star Wars, it would be the last three movies forward. So that would count all the shows and stuff that came after that, right? 
So what would you say for that one then? If we split them from old to new, who had the best in this one? Who had the best in that one? Hard for me to answer, right? Because short of lower decks. And I only saw a few episodes. But uh, what was the one with the babies from the Voyager universe? Star Trek babies or something? Is there kids? They steal the ship. Prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah. So, so um, I, uh, those are really the only two from this era of the new movies that I can honestly go with outside of Voyager. Um, Discovery, I haven't followed at all. Right. Like I said, I just couldn't get into it. On the flip side, right, Star Wars. Now, for me, right, the things that have really come out of the Star Wars era right now are the other movies like Rogue One. Uh, Han Solo, I know how you feel, right? But I do think it fits. Um, and even when we talk about the First Order, um, again, it's the title of it's uh, Failing My Mind, Too Many Dupes. Um, but there is a cartoon that follows Rebels, which takes place during the time of the First Order. Um, and it really develops... Um, the first it's like order, Rogue Squadron, or Rogue Order, or... something like that. Yeah. So I would. I'm the opposite of you because I don't know those stories. Yeah. I don't know a lot of the animated Star Wars at all. Oh, well, um, that's why I wanted Dalton because he knows Star Wars yeah, inside and out. Up I don't and know down. much about those at all. I didn't. I haven't watched those. I do have access to them. It's just not something I've watched because it's really difficult for me to get into any series at all, right? I'm much more of a movie person. I want to get a... I'm, I'm a short film person fan. Like, I like... Just tell the story and get it over with. I don't need all the filler in between. Just tell the damn story. <laughs> and if anyone from Disney is listening, I don't need to see just the last year of The Clone Wars. Give me yeah. the entire series back. That's my problem with Disney, is I've never seen The Clone Wars. I've never watched them. I would like to watch the whole, all this, all the episodes. And and if I were to get back into them, I would have to start at the beginning because I couldn't yeah. remember where I started. I couldn't remember where I really stopped. Pisses me off is I'm paying you guys thirteen dollars a month for this subscription, and you're telling me I can't get the other seasons. What the hell? Why did you even put it on that? So another thing that bugs me about the Star Trek reboots, besides the the political stuff is that they have changed it from an episodic format yes. to a serial format. Yes. And to me, as as a quote-unquote old-school Trekkie, I need my episodic. You want to do a two to a five-parter? I'm down for that, too. It's, but bring back the episodic. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you, Matt. That's what lost me with, this, with uh, Enterprise. Is that it, I've been trying to watch Enterprise and it's still hard for thing. me to do. It's all about this, and, I, and I'm not a ta time travel fan because I'm like, first of all, it's just not really possible in this in this universe. It's, that's another it's, podcast. Yeah, but that's anyway. another podcast. You, <laughs> you want to be on the list for that one? I got sure. the computer. Okay, yeah, well. I don't believe it's possible at all. Okay, well, right. well yeah, I'm writing this down now, so okay, it'll be on the next PDF. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'm in agreement with you. I, I And Star Trek uh, Str Strange New Worlds is supposed to be that going back to episodic episodes because it's been a major complaint is people are going, we're losing this. This was not the this was not the focus of Star Trek. 
Star Trek was supposed to be about bringing new shit every week. It wasn't yeah. about going into a whole new series. That was the whole thing of it. Yeah, it was new stuff yeah, every time you exactly. sat down. But 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 again, right? It's not just Star Trek and Star Wars that changed. You know, PVR, dudes. Television well, changed. Almost just everything it. became episodic. The market started to show that things that were serialized and if they just left a question or two at the end of each episode, it would make the person come back and want to watch the second yeah. one, which is kind of, to me, a manipulative way to do it. Well, yeah, well, it. the cliffhanger goes all the way back to the original Batman yeah. and Robin, right? And it also spawned binge-watching, because instead of being like Star Trek, you sit down, you watch a holodeck episode. There you go, Peter. Yeah, oh, and God. Then by the I end thought of we, it, we didn't watch the holodeck episode. Then by the end of it, it's over, and we're finished with it. Exactly. Now people have to <coughs> binge-watch to be able to get the conclusion that they've been longing for since right the, at the first the episode. Yeah. Since the first yeah. episode, and it'll take 15 episodes to get through it. Yeah, and I find what it is, it's about more, they waste so much time on character development. And personally, when I watch a lot of this stuff, I want to just be taken away from my real life. Um, I have enough friends. I have real friends. I don't really need to know how this person came to be about how this person's going to be. I don't give a shit. Tell a story. You know? Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me about, you know, how you used to grow up. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. You have a Klingon in front of you, go shoot him. Yeah. Yeah, get on with the story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I love the way that, like, you know, uh, Next Gen Voyager did it, too. Yeah. Even some DS9 before they got later on and became serialized. Yes. I loved how, like, there. if you hadn't seen the episode, and it only happens the first time when you haven't seen the episode, or if you're lucky enough to have forgotten that episode, yeah. then you sit down and you're sitting there, how do they fix this one? How the hell are they going to yeah. get out of this? <laughs> yeah. And then they pull out that beautiful techno garble. Yeah. <laughs> techno babble. <laughs> and they don't use that in Discovery. And when they try, they fail at yeah, it. It's not good at all. They got to go back to the random dice roll, eh? Exactly. There's yeah, a pen and. A lot of that would have been just blind flying by the seat of your pants out there. Man. There's actually a pen and paper game that Peter has the book for. And. When something goes wrong with your ship, you roll a series of like six D eight is three D twenties. No, it was, I, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. There'll be say the first one will be like a fifteen, and I'll tell you the uh, dilithium matrix. Uh, then you roll the next one uh, has a leak, and oh, then okay. yeah. then the third one is like in its rear left manifold yeah right and or like you'll get like wouldn't that be funny the that's shield. the writing table actually just throwing some dice and going, okay it's gonna be that line yeah 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 and that's yeah. exactly what it was yeah. and it works every time oh, with I this know. table it was yeah. awesome yeah and there's get... times i would just sit there and go okay what the hell is that it's <laughs> like, they say the word, what's that supposed to mean you would roll it and yeah. you'd be like okay the uh shield generator yeah console <laughs> needs realignment yeah and, exactly. and, and things like that right and and, and you go wow that sounds like it almost could be real yeah 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 and it's all bullshit yeah, and i exactly. love it i eat up that yeah, crap so do I. yeah well don't ever read the signs on Star Trek. Yeah. okay so what are we doing for that then so for 
old ways versus new ways. So who gets the best characters and, and that kind of stuff for old stuff? I, I gotta say Star Wars. Star Wars because of the epic structure. Right? Star Wars. So just love fun. Yeah. You guys are uh, saying Star Wars. I'm saying Star Trek because you got to see the characters in different situations. Like, yes, you learn a lot about the characters really fast in Star Wars in the first three movies. And they are cramming a lot of character development into a lot shorter time. But when it comes to like... Okay, well, for me with the new stuff, I would pick um, Star Wars over Star Trek. For bringing it up to date. I didn't find that Star Wars threw the feminism thing down my throat so much as what current Star Trek is doing I think Star now. Wars, Star Wars has kept more to its original story than Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, even though I would love to see a movie with the Vujan Vong in it. So you would vote Star Wars for both categories then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Star Wars then. I didn't have to split it. Alright, we're over an hour now, so we might as well tally this thing up. Yeah, that's when Star Wars gets interesting for me. Star it's Wars has ships. Lujan Vong coming in. Like, aliens. Oh, I want to see that shit. I want to see Carousel uh, fall. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars has ships. I would like they... to see um, General Grievous' story done as a side uh, movie. Because yeah, that's that like. Because when you actually read his backstory by canon, it starts when he's very, very young. Yeah. And the. Um, the Sith kill his wife and family and destroy his planet on purpose yeah. to convert him to their side. It's like, and all yeah. he has left is just a skull. Yeah, yeah, they manipulate him I all mean, of his life. He's got a brain and a face, and that's it. That's all. Yeah. I'm like, what a way to live, man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we'll, Star Wars is much more brutal than Star Trek. Maybe we'll uh, do a split podcast and we'll do um, either the Sith. Sith versus the Jedi, or split it in half and have one be about the Sith and one be about the Jedi. Well, we'll deal with the neutrals if the light side and the dark side work out. <laughs> the dark, dark and the light side never work out. That's the problem. Well, there you go. Okay, Who's the neutrals? Mandalorians, uh, no. Mandalorians? Mandalorians are the planet, and they uh, live on a neutral. Scale. I actually really There's like that neutral. series. There is a, is the Force has a third element. Yeah. That is the and I like the Boba Fett one, too. I like that one, too. Okay. Well, even with... So, uh, we ended up with a tie, and I don't think we can break it. Yeah. Like I said, oranges to oranges, apples to apples, and we're not doing that. They both that, have their so. good ones, and they both have their bad ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. There have been some really bad Star Trek movies and episodes. You're just like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And I mean, by the time they bring back any of the new Star Trek stuff with the Kelvin timeline, I mean, Chris Pine's going to be too old. Yeah. They're all going to be too old. Oh, yeah. they're all getting too old. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like, like Matt goes on about why. I think that's why they can't want... keep changing all of his superheroes from the character. Well, it's because they're getting too old. Yeah. <laughs> that's true enough, yeah. Come on, he was there with Ally McBeal. And you really, yeah. Anyways, I've been Mystery Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And don't get too spaced out. Bye.